Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today I'm talking with Matthew Hunt about how he helps businesses grow. Matthew Hunt is a founder of Automation Wolf and has owned and exited two other marketing agencies in the last 13 years. He has run thousands of marketing campaigns and has had hundreds of clients from small businesses to Fortune 100s. Welcome, Matthew. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, yes. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of experience, where you came from? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, I kind of stumbled into entrepreneurship. And I would say that um, that's not always the case for everybody, but that was my case for me. And I stumbled into it because um, I was actually doing door-to-door -door sales and it kind of sucked. So I just thought there'd be a better way. And I slowly started to figure out uh, better ways. I went from door-to-door -door sales to doing my own telemarketing, from telemarketing to fax broadcasting, from fast broadcasting to actually starting to learn a little bit about uh, paid ads online, which was, I, I think the first time I um, figured that out was I bought a book called The Definitive Guide to Google AdWords by Perry Marshall. And I learned how to do AdWords. This is way back in, let me see now, 2007. And so this is when uh, pay-per-click ads were really, really cheap. And I could get like, you know, a click on, you know, credit card processing for like 25 cents. And none of the big banks were doing it yet. And uh, that's kind of how I started my first uh, business was to just feed myself leads because I hated uh, door knocking. <laughs> I agree. I sold door to door too for a summer and um, it was challenging, especially during the recession. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a tough job. Now, I think everybody should do it at least once because it's, uh, you learn a lot and learn a lot about, um, you know, accepting the answer no, right? <laughs> That's true. And it's interesting too, because sometimes no doesn't act like it's not like no, no, never, but it might just be no, not right now. That's right. Yeah. And it's, it, it's a lot of times it's your offer. It's not you personally. So uh, I think the challenge for a lot of people is the, it's the fear that disables them from going forward or the answer of getting no is, is what's painful. And that's normal because humans are very, very basic. We move, you know, we move away from pain and towards pleasure. And so it wouldn't make sense that we would naturally, you know, want to get a whole bunch of no's. That's a counterintuitive thing that most of us want to do. However, it, it developing a bit of a thick skin for you is what will make you survive in entrepreneurship. So it was a natural evolution for me to stumble into entrepreneurship. I think if I hadn't have had those experiences first and hadn't got comfortable with, with, you know, some basic no's, I probably wouldn't have survived later on in, in entrepreneurship because it would have been too painful. <laughs> That's true. And I like what you said too, when you were like, they are saying no to the offer. Like it's not to you or about you personally. So we just have to remember that. That's right. Remember that. What do you like most about the work that you do? Uh, so for me, uh, I spend a lot of time right now really helping other entrepreneurs. That's, that's what I spend most of my time, even though the company I'm running has to deal with uh, automation. A big part of it is actually coaching and changing people's mindsets. 
And I think I get the most value from that. I mean, the automation is just a tactic or just a thing that happens. It's kind of boring, to be honest with you, not that exciting. But watching someone think differently and approach things differently or have those aha moments, that's got to be one of the most enjoyable things to, to witness at a distance. I agree. What is some of the best advice you've ever received? <sighs> that's a great question. Now, would you say that I'll give both like business and personal because I think both are important. So I think the personal stuff will stay with me the longest um, and, and it supports the business too. So uh, one of the best pieces of advice that I received personally and I needed it at the time was I had a, I had a teacher that was probably, I don't know, 17 or 18 at the time. It was a theater, theater teacher. And I looked up to him as a bit of a mentor. And I think I did a lot of talking and not a lot of listening. And he snapped at me one day and he said, Matthew, there's a reason why you have two ears and one mouth. You need to start using it accordingly. <laughs> it, just, it struck me right in the heart. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, I think I just, I'm flabbing my lips way, way too much <laughs> instead of being more curious and asking more questions as most teenagers do. Um, but it stuck with me and uh, served me well throughout my life. And to this point, I hear myself saying the same thing to my children today. And I use it in my business and sales. Like the best salespeople in the world are actually the best listeners. I was going to make that correlation too. Yeah, it's probably helped a lot with your sales. Just helped in everything in life, being an, being an entrepreneur and being a good father and a, a good husband and a good friend. If we, I think if you can spend more time being curious and asking questions and listening, then flapping the lips, it's usually, a, it's usually a, it works out better for you. <laughs> <laughs> Great advice. Thank you. What is the best advice that you have ever given? Oh, geez, I don't even know if I give any good advice sometimes. Um, what is the best advice that I've given? Um, I, I, just, I don't know how to answer that question. I, I, think, I think, you know, the best advice that I try to give people in general is to try to live their authentic life as much as possible. You know, it's kind of like Oscar Wilde says, there's, you know, there's only one of you, you, you might as well just be yourself um, is important and, and finding some sort of peace with just, with that. I mean, I really believe that, I, I mean, I don't know, and I don't have a crystal ball, but I don't know if there's anything else after this life. And so, as far as I know, we only have one life and there's no dress rehearsals. So you might as well just be yourself and have a little bit of fun doing it. And, and enjoy your life as much as possible. <laughs> yes. And with the Dr. Seuss that said like you are, no one can, in essence, something to the fact like no one can be you as much as you can be you. Yeah. I love Dr. Seuss. Probably <laughs> did. His, the, the books are great. I mean, I, I actually miss reading them to my kids. We don't read them anymore, but they're great. I would still read one today. Yeah. <laughs> what is some of the or a big goal that you have for your business within the next one to two years? It's a great question, you know, and so 
it's funny. I used to have big, hairy, audacious kind of goals. And I find now that I'm on my fourth business that my goals are actually very, very small. <laughs> like they're not, they're not that big. They're not as big as they used to be. Here's something I've learned over time that has been helpful for me is I find we get more momentum and more wins when we actually make our goals so easy. It's almost impossible to fail. You have to almost engineer yourself that it's impossible to fail. And it's kind of like, it's like anything, like if you used to see, it doesn't matter what it is in life. And it's because success begets success. And, um, and we move towards things that are pleasurable. And if you make something too hard for yourself, most, most of the time, unless your wires are, are crossed and you really are kind of like, you know, really appreciate, you really like pain, which most people don't, you're going to, you're going to be more successful if you can set up really tiny goals for yourself. So let's say I was working out and I want, you know, you're not going to go to the gym and bench press, you know, 200 pounds. Or if you make your goal, Hey, I'm going to go to the gym six days a week for two hours a day. Cause I really want to be super fit. Well, the chances of you succeeding is going to be very small. However, if you made your goal, you know what, I'm just going to do one push up per day. That's it. Just one for the next two weeks. And, and you make it so dead simple. And that might be hard for some people. You get the idea, whatever is simple for you, that it's that you're engineering, that's impossible for the fail. The chances are, is you'll build off of it because what will happen is you'll say, oh, I did one, I'm going to do two. And then also you're going to be like doing four. And you're like, Hey, I totally crushed my goals. I'm awesome. And then the trick is don't get too, too ahead of yourself is actually make another very small goal so you can experience success. Because if you have these tiny little successes, you'll do a lot better. And this has been a big component of my success, you know, through, through being very lucky um, of having some of the right people and right mentors in my life that I've always found more tiny little successes as I've gone throughout my life that it's, they've kind of built on each other where I've met other people where they haven't been as lucky and they've been dealt a really shitty hand and it's been, you know, one failure after another failure after another failure, which just kind of like ends up creating a lot more uh, fear and challenges. So, you know, that that's the goal. So for example, like right now in this current business that you asked me about specifically, I'll give you an example, you know, I, over the next year only, you know, I've, I have three different programs that do it yourself, a done with, you know, done for you, but for the done for you, I only want 10 clients, but you know, what's funny. I have 12 right now. And so I'm looking to get rid of two. Like that's my, that's my goal. <laughs> and then for like the done with you and the done, uh, do it yourself is a little different. I only want a hundred clients for do it yourself. And I only want 50 for the done with you. So it's, it's not that it's not like a huge unattainable goal. It's re it's really, really easy. You know, it's just me and a VA right now. I don't want more team team members. I want less. I want to figure out how do I create more leverage? How, how do I grow a big business with like as little people as possible? Like, you know, how do I make more money with as little clients as possible? <laughs> so my goals are, my goals are very, very small and reasonable and, and fair um, to be easy on my ego. And I think everyone else should do that as well too. They should make it easy for themselves. I totally agree, especially because you can get so caught up in what you're doing and then you're not seeing success, quote unquote. And so I like that, like having small, definitely attainable goals, but it doesn't mean that you can't still dream big. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. It's called the law of expectation. 
it's an actual like physics thing but you're right like it, it's your happiness level is always based on your your expectations so it's okay to have big goals and you should have big goals for yourself but the expectations of what, what you're setting yourself and, and it also comes back to like what tony robbins says all the time which is generally speaking we overestimate what we can get done in a year but greatly underestimate what we can get done in a decade and it's really really true we're just we're just not very good humans are just not very good at evaluating success and and, and making setting up goals. So I think goals are really, really tricky. And I know everyone says you got to have a goal and write it down. And I think for sure journaling is a big part of that because there's that feedback loop. But I think it's more important that actually you have like that you created a, a, a that you actually create a, a what's called an impact filter on how you measure making your goals so that you have a feedback loop that you're getting better with with making them and making sure that they're successful. And the better you can do it for yourself, the more you can help others as well too. But we, we usually over overshoot them and our expectations are just too high. Even in relationships, like whenever you get mad at someone, it's usually because of your own damn expectation of that particular person. It has nothing to do with them. It's your own issues. So true, right? <laughs> um, so you do a lot of automation in your business. Mm -hmm. What do you do to attract more business and to get visible online? Sure. Yeah. So it's a great question. So I, so I actually don't do a whole lot to tell you the truth. Like I'm pretty inactive in general. Like most people are trying to do a lot of different things. And I think there's a lot of different tactics that you can, uh, that you can do and explore and use. Um, because I'm B2B, I tend to like to use a lot of uh, cold outreach to begin the conversations with people. And I like to do that because um you my prospects are not invisible like it's very very clear i know who they are they're very defined i can figure out who, what they look like and where they're at and i can make a list about them now what i do know about cold outreach that most people don't know about is they usually do cold outreach and try and pitch their services which doesn't work very well it's not that you can't run the numbers and make it work but it's really really hard to find the right people who are actually in market looking for what it is that you do at this time because you could be six months early six months late also it's really really hard to start a conversation with them when you're trying to sell them something because nobody likes to be sold to and and no one likes to buy for anyone they don't know and when you do cold outreach you're a stranger stranger means danger so what you really need to do is you is i do is i make a cold list and then i reach out but i make an offer that's so soft and so easy for them that it's welcoming and they welcome it and are delighted by it and it has nothing to do with selling my stuff and it's just an opportunity for them to be able to get to know like and trust me and so i have two goals when i do outreach one is to either pixel them and or invite them to my community okay both serve the same same process i still get them either which way but if i can get them into my private community it's a really soft offer they can start hearing and seeing me more often and by that they'll get to know me and then they if they can know me they can like me and then if they can like me they can possibly trust me and then once i have that trust now i can begin the selling and often the selling is really easy i don't have to worry about selling anymore and most of the time if you have trust equity you could be the worst salesperson in the world people will still buy from you right it's it's really really powerful because we only buy from people that we really trust so what you you know what people really need engineers is figure out how to create trust with their ideal buyers and it doesn't matter how you do it i also do it with the pixel so great thing with pixels and retargeting today once you tag someone with a pixel you kind of got them and then you can just give a lot of valuable 
free information away. Right? <laughs> and in the process, you end up in their newsfeed. They just see you and they see you and they see you and they become kind of omnipresent like Coca-Cola without having to spend Coca-Cola budgets, right? And what ends up happening is they kind of end up liking you and trusting you and knowing you more. It's kind of the same reason why you like your family. Like your family isn't really necessarily someone you like. They just serve more impressions to you over time, right? Or that's, we're very, people are very easy to influence if they just see you more and you're not a dick. Uh, guess what? They kind of end up liking you. It's, it's that simple. And so that's what you need to do when, when you're starting out. That's the easiest way to go about doing it. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> be nice be authentic and be in front of them <laughs> yeah pretty much it right yeah <laughs> what would you like to share that i haven't asked you so here's a good piece of advice that works i think well in general is think of your customers and clients always like as clients so that they feel special and delighted however the product that you need to fulfill and deliver has got to be more like a customer like more like a like a product at the end of the day if you ever expect to kind of you know scale and exit your business so i think a lot of times people confuse the two particularly if they're in b2b um but that's kind of what you need to do you need to think systems 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 like how do you how do you, how do you make yourself redundant like how do you that's, that should be your primary goal. How do I make myself redundant at all times? And how, you know, how do I make this the last time I'm going to do that thing? And then make sure it's the last time you do it. It doesn't always work out that way, but you try to. And if you do that, that means that you're actually building a business that's an actual asset that hopefully like is profitable, assuming that it's profitable. And then uh, you've got something. That's, that's a business. I, there's a lot of business I run into. The person is is not redundant and is required to be there. That's not a business that's being self-employed or there's like no margins and profits. And again, you might as well just like have a job at that point, right? Like it's not something that's sellable. So maybe that's what I'd share. Thank you. A lot of people get into entrepreneurship or owning their own business for like that time freedom. So I think that's really valuable because if they're always having to be there, then they're not going to have that free time or time to do what they really want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of businesses actually, so it depends. Like I think a lot of people on the internet get on for freedom and that vision. However, I think a lot of businesses in general, like small businesses start because they were just really good at their job. They were a talented technician and they went from being a technician to being sort of more self-employed. Right. Yeah. But they were never really a business owner or understanding the concepts of how to really build a business. That's why so many of them struggle. Right. That's true. Well, thank you for being on today. Where can people find out more about you and what you do? Uh, sure, you can go to automationwolf.com. It's probably exactly the way it sounds. Or you can find me on LinkedIn. Just search uh, Matthew Hunt. And those are pretty much the two places that I'm active. Any other social media is kind of just a placeholder. There's like, I'm not there. I'm, I might look like I'm there, but I am not there. Awesome. So if we really want to get a hold of you, those are where we go. That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, Matthew, for your time and for joining us today. Hey, no problem. Thanks, Virginia. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review. And I'll catch you on the next episode.